0: Hey everybody, welcome into the BSN Draft Podcast, presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I'm your host, Henry Chisholm, and my co-host, Andre Simone, is back because it's the Draft Pod, and that's what we do. Oh yeah, you know it. Uh, Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. How's it going, Dre?
1: Doing great. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, busy day per usual, but uh, having a having a good time. Enjoyed watching college football last week. Obviously, because the Buffs embarked in an amazing comeback. Oh, my goodness, did they? That was
0: an incredible game. Your first experience with people rushing the field? Yeah. First experience at Folsom, like all oh, right. that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. yeah no mention. I, I actually showed up on the broadcast uh, when, the, when they missed that field goal at the end. Yeah. I was down on the field. Yeah. And so I decided it would be a cool little clip if I run up to the top of like the big arc that says Colorado Mm -hmm. and get up behind the uprights and it's like, take a video from that angle. And so you can just see the ball just like go to the side of the upright and pause for like a second. And then everybody just charge charges the field. And I look like an idiot trying to run down that like Colorado thing. With my phone up oh, and my I have dress to shoes. Check this out now no, I look dumb. I look oh, really wow. dumb. I don't fun. even think I've said that this is a thing on the Buffs podcast. I've kind of been keeping it under wraps. That's awesome. Yeah, maybe maybe,
1: maybe at the next break we'll pull it up. Yeah, let's all check this out together. Uh, you as well, listener. And then you wrote an amazing film room. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. That That's was a really fun than one. Any film room I've ever read. I don't know that about that. Easily. I mean,
0: it, it's just easy with so much content. You know, like the triple option is this holy piece of college football, you know? And and oh, any I mean, like that's how I
1: grew up. Exactly. I grew up on like chocolate chip cookies, Disney movies, and triple option and big A Duh. games. Yeah.
0: So lucky. You're so lucky. Yeah. Those are like stuff. my three
1: favorite things. Hey. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> but but yeah, no, like everybody kind of has a sense of how the triple option works and kinda of has this picture in their mind. Right. But I was kind of surprised when I wanted to research it more that there wasn't more information about how exactly it works. And so I just kind of dug around and figured out how triple option teams
1: think about the triple option and wrote a couple thousand words about it. You've had insights from coaches before. Like, this is stuff you, you can, when you read it, you can clearly get the sense of, like this isn't just something you googled no um you watched a lot of film and you've talked to people who lots are paid coaches yes the coaches lots have of money to <laughs> either stop or coach that so i mean that really shined through i love that and in the interview i had with troy calhoun a couple weeks ago before the, the season head coach started, of air force right worth mentioning um former assistant for both Mike Shanahan when he coached the Broncos and then followed Gary Kubiak to the Houston Texans. So he's got a really interesting background. I love how you featured the O-line and how they'll cut block and mm-hmm. stuff cuz that was like that was the thing I could relate to most was like, "Oh, that's very Shanahan Kubiak-y." It is. Um, it definitely is. Get everybody on the ground how and that open translates. up those running lanes. Right. And of course, last week was huge because the triple option almost in the other exciting uh, yeah. overtime game of the weekend on Fox as well. Army just about brought down Michigan. 100% with that same offense. It's it's tricky. It's really tricky. It's tricky. But, you know, I was asking Calhoun, do you think Mel Tucker has an advantage in stopping your offense because he has had to face Georgia Tech the last few years? Um, and he said, you know, I think our triple option – is different enough. It is different to where that won't be the case. It so I really love that you different. zeroed in, you talked about the the buff's old triple option, the Air Force's old triple option. So anyways, and one thing, one more note about that from yep. Mel Tucker, uh Somebody asked him
0: that exact same question this week up at practice. Like, does facing Georgia Tech, having experience with the triple option, you know, Tyson Summers was the defensive coordinator at Colorado State, now the defensive coordinator at Colorado. So he was also Georgia, so he got to see the Georgia Tech triple option at Colorado State. He saw the Air Force triple option. Like, does all that experience help these guys shut down the triple option offense when they see it? And what Mel said, because he's just a super genius, was – It doesn't matter what we know. What matters is what we can explain to the players and what Mm. the players can execute in the fourth quarter. And that's really is what it comes down to. Can they teach the triple option to a scout team and have the scout team run it well enough to give looks to the defense? Right. There's just all this behind-the-scenes stuff where it's easy to say, you know, Mel Tucker's a smart guy. He knows how to stop the triple option. But there's a lot more to it than that. Right. And that piece, they definitely have. It's all that other stuff where it's just like, if one of
1: these things goes wrong, that's a touchdown. Mel has said so many things the last couple weeks that I think about and I think of how I can apply them to my life. (laughs) Me too, seriously. You know, any job where you're managing other people, a lot of what Mel says and does um really translates it's it's amazing like anyone with any sort of management position can really take exactly a lot from mel tucker's teachings and
0: after his press conference on tuesday uh ryan konigsberg was up in boulder with me uh when we were walking out i said you know if mel tucker ever leaves boulder it better be because he's becoming the president of the united states mm. because that's mm. like the one thing that he is super qualified for like y- you would love to see because he is just that kind of person. Yeah. And other than that, keep him in Boulder as long as you possibly can because he really knows his stuff.
1: Yeah. No kidding. But anyways, I love that piece. Kudos to you. If you guys haven't checked it out, please do. You don't, you know, our listeners to just the draft pod who come from the Broncos side, it's great for you to learn. It was a great way to kind of patch up, reminiscing about the old big eight when that Nebraska rivalry mattered even more and previewing the air force week. So uh, kudos to you. Check that out. Very proud of my guy. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that though, are we?
0: No, not at all, but we did anyway. Um,
1: want to jump into some football talk, what you
0: saw this Saturday. That's the other thing about me, you know, being up in Boulder for that Nebraska game. I get up there at nine in the morning and the game starts at 1.30, and you know it ends at five, and then you have the press conferences and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm not home until ten, which means I only get to watch USC Stanford, and actually only the second half of that one.
1: Actually, you were right in time for kickoff of the Washington Cal game. I yikes! Did.
0: Yikes! Yikes!
1: Yikes! So I've been going back and
0: like brushing up, but you actually got to watch a full day of college football.
1: Major takeaways. That is how I like to pass my Saturdays, (laughs) neglecting my family and watching college football. (laughs) Um, Yeah, major takeaways. I think we got to start. The rundown's all in shambles, but it's all (laughs) up and down. But we got to start with the LSU-Texas game because those were one quarterback we were really interested to see in Sam Ellinger. I've been relatively high on because I think the potential is very intriguing mm-hmm. and he was going against one of the best secondaries in the country. My top rank safety, like duh, Grant Delpit um, yeah. is a beast. Obviously. He is. That's not unique to me. He's everyone's top rank safety and my top rank court cornerback, Christian Fulton, who uh, there might be some debate, but There's I think that, the yeah. consensus is, um, and really the bigger takeaway than how Ellinger and that Texas offense did against that, Great secondary was uh Joe Burroughs is a beast.
0: Yeah, and what really impressed me about Joe Burrow is that, you know, all these other quarterbacks that we're going to talk about, like Jalen Hurts, great day. He only had to play half the game though because yeah. they South Dakota State, State right? S- South Dakota,
1: I think. Yeah, but, but I always get those confused. That's like the third pod <laughs> we've done together, where I'm like, uh,
0: South Dakota State or South Dakota? I can't remember. Uh, anything in the Dakotas is the exact same. But <laughs> uh, shots. Oh, well, I mean, I'm from Montana. Like, oh I, shots. Holy the, It's all just like everything in the eastern half of Montana, all the way through to Dakotas, just flat nothing i mean they like carve the president somewhere but like that's about it that's going <laughs> on wow sorry oh dakota but it's, i love ah, this it so uh, it's just why why are you there it's like kind of wyoming you could go down okay we don't need to do this oh, we do not need we don't to. need to
1: go down that road a giant duke on every state in between <laughs> here and Montana. No, Montana's yes. cool. Colorado's cool. The rest of you guys are garbage. Uh, <laughs> <Whoa. but> <laughs> <laughs> um That includes you, Nebraska, just so we're clear. We are uh, taking a shot at you, Nebraska. We've taken don't so even. many shots. No, even some even. of
0: the Buffs have started taking shots at Nebraska. Like, Darren Chivarini at the podium yesterday, yeah, was he, just, he was just joking about, like, you know, sure, LaVisca didn't do all that much, but he ran over that uh, number seven. Number seven, is that a mo mohamed barry i think so oh yeah but, who was talking truck sticked in yeah. <laughs> <and> he was <laughs> talking all week and it's just like oh my goodness yeah. now you guys are talking yeah. my point was though south dakota not an impressive football team and you know yeah. jalen hurts did everything he could have uh same with a bunch of these other quarterbacks but the difference between them and joe burrow is that joe burrow played oh, right. a burrow. real team
1: i always call him burrows which is like no (laughs) man there's not an s at the end of his name okay (laughs) keep going yeah but like that's the thing about joe
0: burrow is that not only was he playing a good team but they needed him to play well Mm -hmm. to beat them Mm -hmm. and that's what happened
1: yeah and they've got this new offense at lsu so it doesn't look like lsu at all it's they're spreading them out those wide receivers are shining uh you know another Draft pod type prospect who should interest the Broncos because we need help at wide receiver. Justin Jefferson, who's a junior, mm-hmm. he's 6'3, uh, 192. Uh, he went off against Texas for 163 yards, receiving three touchdowns. But Burrow was just slinging it downfield. So impressive. Um, standing tough in the pocket, great pocket presence, plenty of arm strength, nice zip, nice touch. Throwing with a decent amount of anticipation. Only thing I'd say he needed to improve on in that game was that his ball placement wasn't always pinpoint. Sometimes it's uh on the back shoulder when it needs to be on the front shoulder, stuff like that. All stuff you can improve on. Uh, he's got the frame. He is a pocket passer. He does have experience in a pro style offense, which is what he ran last year. Yep. This guy's been coached by, you know, Ohio State and Urban Meyer and, uh, you know, Tom Herman was his offensive coordinator and recruited him, and now he's at LSU. The pedigrees, out the gazoo, LSU suddenly becomes a dark horse contender for the national championship. I
0: agree. I agree. And just to cap this off, here's, here's the stat line. Joe Burrow was 31 of 39 for 471 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception in a one-score football game. Yeah. No, he looks 100%. like an NFL guy.
1: 100%. He really does. Mm-hmm. And some sneaky mobility. And look, that Texas D, people are gonna say yeah, big twelve defenses. True. It's fair, sure. There are also two of the best safeties in the country in their in their secondary and, and it didn't phase him in the slightest. And the good news for Joe Burrow is that, you know, w- when people say
0: that, they're saying I don't buy it yet because he will be playing SEC defenses mm-hmm. for most of this yes. season. Yes. And and there's you can't like discount that at that point you know like he's going to have the opportunities to change that narrative um and he's done what he's needed to do so far. this is a
1: guy who didn't score a single point against alabama a year
0: ago want to move on to uh texas quarterback jake ellinger sam sam ellinger yeah uh Uh,
1: tebow vibes yep still too much of a runner Uh, and yet I thought that was generally a, a an impressive performance, to put up 400, and 400 yards and four touchdowns in the air against that defense and that secondary, is impressive from anyone. Anyone. He also added 60 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, though 19 carries. That concerns me.
0: That does. That's, that's a that's lot very of wear and tear
1: concerning. against the defense, like LSU. And look, 31 of 47, not the most accurate. But some of his best throws of the game were from within the pocket, showing the arm strength, showing the zip. I'm still buying Sam Ellinger's stock. Um, and they have another – that's another team with a nice wide receiver um, and Devin DuVernay, mm-hmm. built like a fire hydrant, you know, <laughs> super muscular and short, 12 receptions, 154 yards, two touchdowns for him against that defense. So just really impressive though. I mean, all it takes is one game and I think Burrow clearly the better pro prospect all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. What what Ellinger really has going for him is that he is that entire team. And like that's yes. Sure he has a little help at receiver, but I mean he threw the ball forty seven times. He ran the ball nineteen times. Most teams don't have that many plays in a game.
1: 66 touches is uh,
0: (laughs) it's it's so much, and he put up five touchdowns. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like he had a terrible day. All their scores, Uh, yeah, all from all of their scores. Uh, He, it's it's just scary though, and you want to see how it plays out over the course of a season because it's I mean it's it's like iso ball. It's like watching a great isolation scorer in college and saying, how does he project to the NBA? Because if this is a guy like, you know, I don't, I don't even know who to compare. to That Tebow comp, then you really just need to, like, but play a Tebow better ball. Like Cam Newton,
1: and like. I, I mean, Cam, we Cam are, are in a bigger. world where, like, Kyler Murray went first overall and Cliff Kingsbury's, like, it's coaching true. in the NFL. So it's a much different time than when Tebow was in the league, for starters. It also, is. his throwing motion is much cleaner and more promising, you know.
0: But if you look at like Cam Newton, when he goes to the NFL, they build that entire offense around him. And it has to be a totally unique offense because he is just a different sort of player. It's that same thing with Sam Ellinger, where you really do have to be all the way bought in. You are building everything around him. And when you look at like a college basketball player like that, you know, a great isolation scorer, unless he really is one of the five or 10 best in the NBA, you don't really want him trying to be an isolation scorer. That's just you want the efficient right, pass around. and your offense. And, yeah. and it's kind of that similar vein where no, you're just
1: what saying what you're we're saying. playing Ellinger yep. football, and that's what we're doing. I mean, and again, we live in a world where Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson are starting in our it's league. It's true. So, yeah. It's like, who are we to snub a guy like Ellinger? Um, so I think generally impressive and consolidated as stock as a pro prospect. But the big story Was what Burrow did it? It like totally is. Watch out, Tua, because this guy's coming. Exactly. I was thinking the same thing, and Uh, it's been fun that two weeks in, we instantly have a guy like Hurts whose stock is rising, a guy like Burrow whose stock is rising. These guys will have great matchups. We'll get to see Hurts go against Ellinger. We'll get to see Burrow go against Tua. Like I can't wait. These are the. What's the expression? I'm jumping at the bit. (laughs) Yeah. These are these are like the fun years for the draft.
0: You know, it seems like we've had a few in a row where it's like, ah, you know, there are some options at quarterback. Teams are going right. to be reaching, right. but... The offensive talent was kind of lacking. Exactly. In yeah. And and now it's everybody is racing to the top. Everybody's mm-hmm. competing to be the number one quarterback. Instead of, in years past, you know, it's like, well, he made less mistakes than these guys, so we'll throw him up the draft board a couple spots. This is going to be a fun year for quarterbacks. It's
1: a really fun year for offense in general. True. Um, let's put a bow on this game. I thought... Delpit was fine. I need to watch him more in-depth. Fulton, same thing. I mean, mostly Ellinger did his damage going away from those guys. Who stood out to me was LSU pass rusher Clavon Chasson. Yep. I probably mispronounced that. Probably. Um, He is draft eligible, even though just a sophomore. Missed all of the year last year f- with injuries. Number 18 on the Tigers. You don't even need to watch him play. Instantly, it's like, wow. This guy's an NFL dude. Huh. Instantly. And he's got he's got the like the the shirt that's, the crop top. Yeah, the crop yeah. top. Yeah. Which I love. Show I him mean some skin. Rock it if you can. Uh he was I do. impressive in flashes. Needs to be more consistent. Huh. Yeah, you can rock it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought
0: you were just gonna let that one go. Um um, so,
1: he he was maybe the best defensive prospect on the day. Though, still very raw. He's a guy who's going to get overdrafted based on production. But the upside is undoubtedly super-duper intriguing.
0: What would you think of Devin DuVernay, receiver from Texas? Like him,
1: man. Like him. Him and uh, Jefferson were really impressive. Jefferson, obviously more height, mm-hmm. contested ball ability. DuVernay is a guy who it's like... Try to... St- it, uh, Let's go back to a basketball analogy. He's a guy you front in the post because if he gets the ball in his spot, you, you might as well just let him get an open dunk. And Duvernay's built like such a, huh. you know, like such a fire hydrant that in the open field he's just so hard to, to stop. He's a senior. Uh, he'll probably get lost in the shuffle with all the talent at wide receiver in this class, but he shouldn't because this is a guy who could have. I could easily see him go like day two in the NFL and then two weeks in everyone's adding him to their fantasy teams and it's like, oh, who was that guy? He was really dope. <laughs> and Hank and I are like, well, we talked about him week two of the draft pot. So yes, we know. did. Okay. I think that does
0: it for that Texas LSU game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's keep going with some more quarterbacks. Yeah. who who Which, which quarterbacks outside of Ellinger and uh,
1: Burrow really stood out to you this week? I mean, for one, like, Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tagovailoa, they're just phenoms, like, nothing new here. But Lawrence did have a a pretty serious test against Texas A&M. Yep. And while the numbers might not be, like, mind-blowing. What, was
0: it, something like 220, 240 passing yards?
1: Something easy breezy, just yep. like, well, yeah. He well, did enough. Top defensive program with a bunch of five-star guys on him. Like, I'm not concerned. Uh, yeah, 268 does throw 268. the pick. 268, oh wow. His ability to, like, throw on the run and throw, like, rolling to his left and throw just tight window throws to the, to the sideline like it was nothing. Um, you know, I've seen guys get hyped as freshmen and then kind of falter after that. You know, the, uh, Christian Hackenbergs of the world and even Josh Rosen, uh, I've seen that before, so I've always been tentative on Trevor Lawrence, but he's just proving me right and right again. Yeah, like, whatever, Tua, no big deal. Uh, didn't do anything special this week yep. against New Mexico State because it's New Mexico State. 16-24,
0: 227 yards, Yeah, three touchdowns passing and a touchdown rus- rushing.
1: Right, but he's still a stud. Um, And I haven't necessarily... Crunch the numbers on this, but I'm almost certain this is correct. Jalen Hurts, oh no, just he barely has one more incompletion than he has thrown touchdowns this season.
0: But he's also run for three touchdowns, and I think that puts oh, it over That's the edge. why I put that in there. Yep. yep. I think so like, s- like seven incompletions. Yeah, no, it's nine touchdowns. That's why it's it's something else. And, you know, again,
1: again, South Dakota. So who
0: cares? South Dakota. And, you know, he he 14 of 18, 259 passing yards through for three touchdowns, which is good. And that's what you want to see him do. But the other two quarterbacks who played after him, they were 10 of 12 for 164 yards and three touchdowns. Like they put
1: up about the same numbers that Jalen did. And, I mean, Oklahoma knows how to recruit and develop quarterbacks. For sure. Testament to them. And C.D. Lamb was a man among boys there, too. (laughs) Again, South Dakota. It's what should happen. This will be tape we'll watch back in, like, draft season and be like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll start off the C.D. Lamb eval by just watching that South Dakota game real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with LaVisca Chenault last year. where It's like, oh,
0: go for 200 and something. It's Colorado State. Go for almost that against Nebraska the next week. We get it. That's who you are. He's embracing
1: the dark side. Good for <laughs> you. Comparing <laughs> Colorado State to uh to South Dakota. Um, Ooh, I did do that, didn't I? Yep. Didn't Oof. even realize it. Oof. And we know your thoughts on South Dakota now. So not a huge fan. Yeah, apparently so. J.K. Dobbins. Haven't talked about him much, but the dynamic little running back for Ohio State just tore up Cincinnati to the tune of 141 yards on two touchdowns. With one long bomb of 60 yards. Talk about built like a fire hydrant, 5'10, 217.
0: Love it. And you know, he didn't do too much in week one either against mm-hmm. Florida Atlantic. Yep. Over 20 attempts, just over four yards per carry. That's not right. what a guy like him should be doing against in, Florida in, in that game. And so it was good to see him. And now he's up to what? 232 yards, over six yards per carry. And that's where he should be. Three touchdowns, puts himself in good position. And up next is Indiana. Start to get a little
1: more serious, yeah. slowly but sure. Yeah, and that's, well, that's, that's what there. you want.
0: You want that slow build into the end of the season, and we'll God. see how it goes. And
1: him and Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. We didn't <sighs> talk about Jonathan Taylor, but he's a oh, phenom. Oh, my goodness. He, he's I a mean, phenom. Is there any doubt that he is the best running back in the country? Oh, yeah, he's like the it's th- so obvious. third best for me. Uh, oh, really? To me, there is doubt, yeah. Who Who would you put ahead of him? I'd put ETN and DeAndre Swift ahead of him. I, I, How about that, huh? How you that like surprises me. Apples? That
0: surprises me. He's just your classic NFL running back because he's about that same size too. He's like five eleven, two twelve, two fifteen, something like something right around there, yeah. and he's just so so fast and strong. I mean, first right. team All American last year. He His just power speed like combination is ridiculous. It's there's there's nobody really like it. Well, and this I'm is the guy who, him.
1: who ran for over 4,000 yards in his first, is his freshman and sophomore seasons.
0: That's what he does. Over he just keeps 4, 000, going. over 4,000. In, t- oh, in two weeks, he's averaging over 150 yards from scrimmage, mm-hmm. and he has eight touchdowns, <laughs> four per game. Ridiculous. He's just unstoppable.
1: Well, and the thing is, like, we get it. Uh, competition level, blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, sure, it's the yeah. first couple weeks, yep. we're going to say that for most That's of the guys. That's where everybody pads their mm-hmm. stats. What's interesting is they're finally making an effort of using him more as a wide receiver, which is the big concern yeah. as far as uh, scouting him. He had 16 receptions combined his first two seasons, eight per season as a freshman and sophomore. He already has five this year. And three receiving three touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, that's the that's the big news. So that's huge for his draft stock. Huge. Um, so, yeah, those are the big storylines. We can get into some more nice performances. We talked about Fuller. I really want to talk about USC for a second.
0: What is happening at USC? It does not make sense.
1: Crazy, man. Just when you were ready to count them out. And that's such a young team too. It is. You look at their roster. It's like nothing but sophomores. Yeah. And they're starting this freshman at quarterback. True freshman. True freshman. Right. Um, Caden Slovis? Yep. Caden, I guess is how you pronounce that. I think that's right. Yep. Um he just seems to fit so well in their new air raid spread attack. He makes it look so easy. Oh, I know, and he's so athletic. Like he's great yep. scrambling and yep. but right what impressed me for a true uh, like an eighteen year old starting his first game against Stanford's defense, which like that's no joke. No, it isn't. His anticipation and zip was really impressive. And he's it helps when you have studs at wide receiver. He has a stud left tackle. Who, you know, Broncos fans, we're gonna start talking about left tackles quite a bit, um, or tackles in general, because Juwan James is injured. Uh, Garrett Bowles was disappointing.
0: My goodness, it's it's not even fun to watch yeah. the Broncos offense anymore. Like uh, like at this point, I lot, just I, I just want them to be on defense the entire game. 100%. And even then like Vaughn and Bradley Chubb weren't doing hardly anything at all. But like when they're on offense, the whole time I'm just thinking like, "Oh, is Garrett Bowl's going to ruin this one." <laughs> like is, is, is this going to be another one of those
1: plays where it's a hold or whatever? It's it's just I frustrating. there's some silver lining to that performance on offense, not necessarily with Bulls, but... I thought Flacco looked decent. I thought yeah. the running backs oh no, looked Flack promising. Cortland Sutton surprised right. me. I was a little bit low on him. Total. He dominated the middle of the field. Yep. Emmanuel Sanders looked For good sure. once they finally passed through the ball to him. And Deshaun Hamilton, if he just catches it... Uh, Looked a little better than he did a year ago. Um, but, yeah, Austin Jackson, the junior left tackle out of USC. Uh, Michael Pittman, we've talked about him before. They're big wide receiver. He's yep. a senior. Tyler Vaughn's went off in that game. He's a redshirt junior. Um, you know, they've got talent. And then on defense, they have this J. Tuafele, who, again, It's looking like we could use a little more firepower on that front three defensively. Agreed. (laughs) To would fit in an odd front. He's just like a big gap stuffer, but he's got a little more wiggle to him than you think. Um, The big 78 on that line. I've always been high on Christian Rector, who did not have a great game in this one, was just a little absent. And their corner, Elijah Griffin, number two. He stood out in this game. He was a stud. So I mean, it's USC. They've got size, size and athleticism in the trenches. They've got NFL guys, and then at the skill positions, they've got size and speed there too. Yeah, and now they've got a quarterback that kind of fits the scheme better than Daniels. Probably I think did. so.
0: I mean, it looks like it so
1: far. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's 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 going to be fun to watch them. And listeners to the Buffs podcast, you know, over over the off season, we talked a lot about how the Pac-12 really needs USC to be one of the national powers. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, it's frustrating when you have to play them and they're good at football and they're handing out losses to everybody else in the conference, but at the same time, that's how you gain respect. And that's really all the Pac-12 is missing, is just that top-level power. You take one of these teams that's just like a meh Mm -hmm. and turn them into a perennial powerhouse, then you can say, like, oh maybe Oregon or Washington steps up and then you have two teams potentially competing for college football playoff spot. But USC has really let the rest of that conference down. And Mm -hmm. this looks, I they look a lot better than I expected
1: with Stanford and Washington and Oregon all losing a game already doors wide open. Yeah. And I mean, in the South, they're going to be those big contenders with Utah. So, yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: I think so. Um, I think that that is it for the first segment. Um, And before we move along to some disappointments, uh, we want to talk to you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. And all of our good friends over there... Yes, please. ...walked into the office today to come record the podcast and saw that fridge full of Breckenridge beer. Oh, yeah. So it has, like, the like a glass front so you can see in it into it and yes. there's just like Breckenridge beers stacked from the bottom all the way to the top and it just looks so incredible. And yeah. now
1: we have that Breck light above it. Yeah, I love it. Yep. Um, it's now become acceptable to have a beer in the afternoon at the office, which is an amazing uh, revelation. It's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. You know, between but only Breck brews. Like
0: you're only allowed to have Breck beers in the Goes office in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, and so it's it just like turning this like, oh yeah, it, it's it's what we do here. We just drink Breck beers in the afternoon. That's what BSN Denver is now.
1: As long as it's Breckinridge beers. As long as it's Breckinridge beers. Um, so, yeah, you should do the same. Enjoy Breck brews with us.
0: During the daytime, yes.
1: Strawberry yeah. Sky is now again allowed. <laughs> yeah. Um, after is, you you Buffs fans took a break and only drank vanilla porters to support the black and gold. It's weird. Now we can have a Strawberry <laughs> Sky <weird>. again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a simple guy. I like the lager. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the, uh, what's the apple core? Uh, Colorado Core, what a name! So, what good. a name! It's so good. Uh, we are Colorado to our core here. So oh, we are. Oh, you didn't see that? We one. are. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so yeah, check out Breck Brews for sure.
0: Definitely check out Breck Brews. Check out the event calendar on bsndenver.com as well, sponsored by Breckenridge Brewery, where you'll be able to see all of the really cool things that we will be doing and that you are invited to. Um, that includes every home buffs game. BSN is partnering with the Blake Street Tavern to host a tailgate on Franklin Field just outside the stadium. Uh, Come hang out with all of us. It's a blast. Uh, It'll be an early one this Saturday. Oh, my goodness. I got to figure out when I'm getting up there. It's going to be too early. You've got to
1: work. Those of you listening who don't have (laughs) to work, come and have a blast. Come have a blast. Um, All right.
2: Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that
0: bsn draft podcast henry chisholm here along with my guy andre simone and it's time now to talk about some of the fallers in week two of college football guys who disappointed guys who hurt their draft stock um where do
1: you want to start andre well since this is a bit of a crossover pod maybe we should start with the fact that The top guys in the Pac-12 conference have underwhelmed and, I think, hurt their stock, even though it's still very early. I mean, the Pac-12 conference as a
0: whole has underwhelmed. Like, Has the Pac-12 conference, has a team in that conference really stepped up and impressed you? I mean, we talked about how USC did, but even with that win, that's a win over Stanford. I think the An buffs another team have in impressed. the Pac twelve. <laughs> yeah. I mean that win over Nebraska is probably I mm-hmm. mean, it's definitely the best non-conference win for the Pac twelve so far.
1: Yeah, unless we're for uh, Yeah, I think that's a bigger win than Utah beating BYU. Yeah. Then you know, we talked up some of Utah's guys last week, and then this week it <clears> was <throat> like eh, <throat> they barely snuck by. And we were impressed by Jacob Eason a week ago. This week they lose to Cal. And Hunter Bryant, their dynamic receiving tight end, didn't look great in that game either. Eason struggled. Herbert, we talked about after week one, struggled against Auburn. Didn't yep. show the type of uh, decision-making we'd like to see. I think Laviska, because of injuries and them using him differently... His stock hasn't been helped. No, it really hasn't. If, if I mean, anything, it's plateaued, but it hasn't improved. I think he's hurt himself. I
0: think he's definitely hurt himself. I mean, he this week even when he was in single coverage, Montez wasn't throwing him the ball. Yeah. Even when he was open, Montez wasn't throwing him the ball, and that's the thing about Laviska is that you know scouts are going to look at this and say, "Wow, you know he's so good that he isn't even getting a chance to play football," and that's a plus. But it would mean so much more if even when LaVisca is double covered, Stephen Montez is just giving him a chance because he can make those plays. The fact that Stephen Montez isn't just forcing LaVisca
1: Chenault the ball every chance that he gets mm-hmm. is a knock on LaVisca. Yeah, I suppose. And look, I mean, the guy clearly wasn't 100%. He's holding no, his he shoulder. Wasn't. He's not on the field in key downs. So for the impartials who haven't watched every snap of the Buffs the, the last two weeks, you need to know that and put this all in the proper context. But, you know, the, we pick at anything in the draft. We do. Uh, and it takes nothing for you to fall behind some of these other elite prospects, because that's where Visk is. He's at the He's very top. He's among the elite. And they are, what, eight receivers? I mean, I think it's pretty
0: safe to say that Jerry Judy will be the first receiver off the board. Behind him, there are probably, like, five more who have a legit shot to be the number two receiver taken. Like, they're favorites in there. CeeDee Lamb, LaVisca Chennault, mm-hmm. if he steps up. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of guys who could play well enough to take one of those spots. Totally. You know, and LaVisca could fall all the way down on, you know, to, like, the seventh or eighth receiver just because there are so many options. And it's it's too bad because part of it is because he's hurt. And he's grabbing that shoulder that he had surgery on in the off season, which is definitely concerning. yeah, you know he's there are there are a lot of excuses. Um, he's not making them, obviously we're making them for him, yeah, whether it's because he's hurt, whether because he's double covered, all this kind of stuff and they're still winning, which is what's important. but it'd be nice if if you were able to say he's doing all of this even though these things are happening. And not just saying, like, well, it makes sense that he's not able to because, you know, he's had some bad breaks.
1: Right. Yeah, and Walker Little, the left tackle for Stanford, top offensive lineman in the conference, he's injured and out the entire season now. KJ Costello got banged up. Like, that's on down the line. The top guys in the Pac-12 have underwhelmed and disappointed, and their stocks have significantly been hurt. Uh yeah, even Paulson Adibo. Yeah. I think he's been fine. Like, he racked up a bunch of tackles against USC. He'd be a perfect fit in the Broncos defense. He would. Uh, Stanford's talented cornerback, a really great tackler, very aggressive, playing downhill. Um, would be a great fit in zone, though we got to figure out if that's even what Fanja wants to do because that was a weird first game. That
0: was a weird first game.
1: But, you know, he's he's losing a bit of ground and Stanford not looking as good as we thought coming in. So, in general, I think we could say the Pac-12 has been hurt. Um, another top prospect who I thought underwhelmed was Colin Johnson, the big wide receiver from Texas. Didn't have a great game against LSU. Uh, part of that is that great secondary they have, but he underwhelmed a little bit. Killam Mond, the quarterback out of Texas AM, I've been as high on him as anyone. Crappy game against Clemson. Clemson's really good, though. Clemson's amazing. They've also lost a lot of talent. This is also his second year under Jimbo Fisher. And he, after a spectacular game against Clemson last year, just underwhelmed. Like, didn't really give him a shot at winning. Yeah. Uh, and he's got the tools, but he's he's got to do more. Um, so, yeah, that disappointed. Marcus Bailey, the linebacker out of Purdue. He's out for the season. He was one of the top linebackers. We've now lost two guys with him and Dylan Moses. And for a team like the Broncos, looking for help at linebacker because for some reason, Corey Nelson is out there getting a ton of snaps. <sighs> I mean, And, and there, frankly, there looking bad, he got an F in my game grades. There
0: is hype around Todd Davis' return, though. I mean... So we need linebacker help is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's fair if there's this much hype. I mean, Wednesday's practice, Just reading he's the like, he's, he's closing <laughs> down practice saying, like, leading all the guys, has some speech that nobody's been willing to say what yeah. he exactly said. But all the reporters are saying, like, oh, it was fiery and impassioned. And so, like, who knows what was going on there? And then today, uh, Vaughn Miller says, you know, he's our thug. He's like that guy for us. And not having that makes it tough to have the attitude. So. I, I, Dre's shaking his head. Dre's shaking his head, but, you know, there
1: is some hope I'm, that... I might go blind from rolling my eyes so bad at everything it's, it's, you just said. And you're it's, just reporting it's, what others it's, are saying. It's I know Josie
0: that. Jewell on the field <sighs> with Corey Nelson. Like, Todd Davis, he might not be an all-pro, but it's he's a lot better no, than right. those
1: two guys who are out there. You're right. That's an upgrade. And I just... I keep kicking myself that they let Jamal Carter go.
0: Oh, my goodness. Who... uh
1: and again, like anyone kicking themselves because Jamal Carter converted <laughs> at <laughs> linebacker two weeks ago didn't work out, is because we're in a different desperate spot. So, in general, the Pac-12 and the linebackers have really underwhelmed. We might talk about some local linebackers that have underwhelmed as well. We mentioned Jacob Eason. Yeah, look, it's early. Everyone has every shot in the world to restore their stock. Like with. In the blink of an eye. They do. I but, mean, it's still early. Yeah. This is non-conference. These
0: are the least meaningful games of the season. Once you get into playing the the teams that you're competing for, for uh, the like conference title, teams that you've seen before, uh, which really levels the playing field, everybody knows what to expect, you're not caught off guard, uh, your rivals, all this sorts of stuff... Those are the games that will matter more than these first couple. By the end of the year, we're probably going to be forgetting what exactly happened early on, other than the fact that the Pac-12 is losing almost every non-conference matchup.
1: I mean, we'll be forgetting, and yet draft my timeline will be littered with people from <laughs> the draft Twitterites. <laughs> yep. With clips of guys in the first two weeks.
0: Yep. And be- before before they know what's going on in the scheme, before they know what the personality of their team is. Well, it matters so much more at the end of the year. But this what you happens learn. in January and
1: February, Ugh. where guys are going back doing scouting Ugh. reports and using gifts from the first two weeks. Where it's like, uh, I don't care what Kyler did against UCLA in Week One. These kids are twenty. Like that's
0: a that's like two percent of their life that's happened between now and then. Okay, no. that number is probably wrong, but it, I bet it's something like that. Uh, actually, no, that's right there. That's like it's like three percent, isn't it? Four percent of their life. That's a big portion of who they are, you know. Yeah, you know, that things change. I things think, change.
1: Yeah. Um. So exactly, we caution patience, and at the same time, you know, underwhelmed, disappointed. Uh, yeah, it's. I I think that there's been. I mean, there there have been a lot of.
0: It's the quarterbacks that really keep you coming back, in my mind. There's so many quarterbacks that have been so fun to watch, and sure there have been disappointments in all these the other wide places receivers and the running backs. Wide
1: receivers, but, running backs.
0: College football is fun, is what I'm trying to say, and even Ah, though a couple of the
1: guys we wanted to see play better have disappointed, doesn't mean it's time to throw in the towel. And There's always another week, man, and weeks like this remind me why I got into the draft, because I really started getting super duper into the draft and breaking down prospects and doing my own rankings when Josh McDaniels started trading oh. away every good player the Broncos uh, had for what picks. What a terrible strategy. And I was like, That well, works in the NBA. I might want to know who these picks are so I can have an opinion.
0: Josh McDaniels. About
1: the Broncos. Yeah, fantastic. Josh McDaniels.
0: Okay. Um, before we move on to our predictions for week three of college
1: football... Uh, and our must-watch matchups. And must-watch or, matchups. We're picking mix. the important games. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: We're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. Uh, CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines. It's taken away back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all-natural and is not psychoactive. The coffee is rich, and it's tasty, And we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and you will receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout. And you can get it shipped straight to your door. We are back in for the third and final segment of this week's BSN Draft Podcast. And before we break down the best college football matchups to watch this week, we want to talk about our picks from last week. And... We picked four games starting with Texas A and M at Clemson. Oh yeah. Both picked
1: Clemson. Booyah. Uh Yahtzee. Then LSU at Texas. I did say I'd take Texas with A and M with the points, which seems super stupid. Mm-hmm. But they were ever either 17 and a half or sixteen and a half, and they lost by fourteen. So it, there you go. Double Yahtzee, as AJ would say.
0: There you go. Um, <laughs> yes he would. Uh LSU Texas. We both took LSU. Super right. Super right in
1: Austin like that was that
0: was a bold pick and yeah. it worked out good for us um maybe even Boulder Nebraska Boulder Nebraska at CU in Boulder uh we both took Colorado good for us yeah
1: we we saw that one coming we corrected that felt like idiots by halftime oh my goodness did and we And then felt like geniuses by the end of overtime so good And for
0: that's us. what matters it doesn't matter who's winning by 17 points halfway through the third quarter that's it exactly who's right. winning at the end of the game mm-hmm. and Facts. the second end of the game if there's an <laughs> overtime uh stanford <laughs> at usc we both took stanford and we were wrong they did not see usc coming no but now we know now we're going to overcorrect now and pick excited. usc in games they probably shouldn't win and might be wrong it's worth mentioning they have the toughest schedule in the country they do they r- they definitely do yeah um Now it is time to get into this week's games, Mm -hmm. and the first one we want to talk about is actually a Friday night game, Washington State at Houston.
1: Yeah, so Washington State not starting our guy from Eastern Washington. Which is disappointing. We hate it. Yes, we Um, do. We do not approve, but this is another chance to watch Houston quarterback Derek King. Lots of comps to Kyler Murray, which are off, but hey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know he's entertaining to watch and it's another shot for him to go against a power five uh, opponent this time at their house yeah you'll be listening to this on a Friday morning check that game out Washington State nine and a half point favorites also worth mentioning Max Borgie Colorado kid phenomenal running back we've seen how these Colorado running backs are making us so proud in the NFL Austin Eckler Christian McCaffrey we all know about Phil I mean, that was just a phenomenal week. Phil will pick it up and match those guys. Uh, You know, McCaffrey was like the top scorer in fantasy. And Eckler scored a game winner in overtime. So what more can you want? Yeah,
0: he's really stepped up with Melvin Gordon out of the picture. I only wish I'd
1: seen that coming before he got drafted. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of writing the feature that exposed them to the world, yeah, yeah totally mm. calling it, yeah, with film of Western State and Division Two football in it. <laughs> uh, so that's a not so humble bla- brag right there, just to remind you of my uh, very limited credentials. Washington State, nine and a half point favorites. Who you got? I you mean, going against your 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 uh, Pac twelve brethren. Uh, you know, this is actually a tough one. Ooh, Houston.
0: Ooh, when they played Oklahoma. I mean. Oklahoma was so much better than them. Yeah, it wasn't close, and we kind of we 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 knew that. Yeah, but I did hope that I would see just a tiny bit more out of them. I didn't want to see Jalen Hurts just torch them, and that was before we knew Jalen Hurts was this Jalen Hurts. I'm not high on them. I I I I still I'm riding the Washington State hype train a little bit.
1: How could you not? I know they're exciting. Air raid offense. Mike Leach, uh, Mike Leach is a better coach than most guys in the NFL, I think. So. I
0: agree. There's I agree. He's him. also a cooler guy. Um, no doubt. And because he's of that. The pirate, and you know. yeah. <laughs> <He>, oh, my <laughs> goodness. is he something else. I'm going to go with Washington State in this one. Are you taking
1: the points? Nine and a half?
0: No. Ooh, no, I'm it. not. I'm going to okay. take, I'm gonna take Houston with you. the points.
1: Good for you, Hank. I'm with you. I think I'll take... Washington State with the points as well. Over under seventy three, I'm gonna hit the over as well. I agree. So there you go. I agree. Um our second game. Oh, oh
0: Hank. Oh. My Montana Grizzlies are going to outs and field in Eugene, Oregon.
1: Let's do this, man. Let's do oh this. Oh goodness. Let's I serve up the <laughs> upset of all <laughs> upsets, baby.
0: Do you know what the do you know what the spread is right now? I, I a-
1: cannot find it.
0: That uh, uh, does not vote well for your career. Side. No, it doesn't. I, do. I couldn't find it either. Uh, um, <laughs> Montana, since you guys are actually interested in this game, let's go with the scouting report. University of Montana has a stellar quarterback, Dalton Sneed, just the most intense guy. Uh, I tweeted out a video of him last Saturday when he truck-sticked a defender and then got in the defender's face. And then the defender get up and uh, knocked the ball out of his hand. It's a little scuffle right there. Uh, that's what you're getting from the Montana squad. They're, they have some fight in them. They it. have a couple receivers who I'm not sure if they'll be drafted. They'll have a chance to be drafted, more likely training camp invites, but I'm confident they'll be training camp invites. And as we've said before, Dante Olsen in the middle of that defense, he's a man. He's Yo, a stud.
1: Low-key, this game has two of the best inside linebacker prospects remaining in this draft. Troy Dye on Oregon's side, Dante on the other side. So. I agree. I really do agree. It's going to be fun to watch. And uh, it's going to be
2: fun
0: to watch the
1: Grizzlies pull off an upset at Outson. In Eugene. Wow. we're We're calling it right now. We'll I take, have to. We'll <laughs> take the points on everything. We're taking the Grizz hands down. Yep. Don't add us if you lose money. That is your problem. Yeah.
0: No, seriously, watch
1: this. This is going to special. Everything else, we can be cool special and objective. Special year Montana. Gris they need a special baby. win. We're all in. So We're all the way in. There's a the barbecue place a couple blocks away. Oh, yeah? They rock a Grizz flag. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. To find the Grizz flag. So I didn't know that. Yeah. They're the only ones
0: here, probably. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you would think. <laughs> if anybody <laughs>
0: knows where the Grizz Bar is in Denver, let me know because <laughs> pretty pretty I'm up. not sure if there is one. It'll also, be busy my covering are the buffs busy. anyways, but but <laughs> man, I, that's good for him to know. After after the Grizzlies beat Oregon, there's gonna be a party at that place until like three in the morning, and I'll be there for that.
1: Oh, love it! Love All right. it.
0: We can move on now to uh, Oregon State playing Indiana.
1: That is Ohio, Ohio
0: State. State. Damn. Ohio yeah, State. I knew when I said it. I was like, wait, why do we care? And I was like, because we've already hyped up this matchup I mean, earlier
1: in the show. Now, in fairness, this is my bad because in the rundown, I should have written the OSU. Oh, you should have written so the OSU. I, I'll take this one. Actually,
0: on the they shirt. aren't allowed to use that. Well,
1: Sorry. they're not allowed to stop other wah, people from wah, using wah. it. Um, <sighs> so, yeah. Ohio State's looked awesome so far. I agree. Chase Young maybe the top defensive prospect in the country. I agree. According to me, he is the dynamic edge rusher for the Buckeyes. We talk about J.K. Dobbins. They've got a lot of talent everywhere, including Justin Fields, who's a really fun he- watch. He is. Best prospect for Indiana that's been on my radar for a couple years is wide receiver Donovan Hale. I think he's been slowed down by injuries, and that's hurt him. But he should be available in this game, going against Jeffrey Okuda, the super mm-hmm. talented high upside defensive back cornerback for the Buckeye, seeing how Hale and the rest of that Hoosiers uh receiving group can do will be interesting Indiana big home dog here we're talking what's the spread? It's almost twenty points and loading <sighs> That's loading loading.
0: A lot. 18 points. Those are scary. <laughs> so I mean obviously I th- we're both taking Ohio State to win the game, right? Duh. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh and then <laughs> <laughs> at 18 and a half points though like that's
1: the 2 and a <laughs> Hoosiers. That's tough uh, to
0: cover. I know. I, I think I might No.
1: Nope. we're going Ohio State. Oh. Given up 18
0: and a half points.
1: I need to see more from Indiana. Yeah. That's just uh, no hate on the Hoosiers. We just need to see a little more. I agree. Okay. Um lots of thoughts here. The next game yeah. is This is a fun one. Iowa at
0: Iowa State.
1: Yes. Always a fun one. Always a fun one. Low key Iowa has a ton of high end talent, including the best five technique. A guy in AJ mm-hmm. Epinesa who's getting JJ Watt comps. Um. obviously it'd be nice if the Broncos were drafting in the top 10 for them to go offense, right? Because we could use the help. That's what you'd expect. And yet, if Elway can't get out of his own way and just wants to draft another defensive stud... Could you imagine? I, I could. I Miller, mean,
0: Bradley, Chubb, AJ Epinesa. Dude. And then, who knows, if you're actually able to retain Shelby Harris...
1: Yeah, I don't, he's just I mean, so up and down, um,
0: but, but yeah, but yeah no, they, it's true. They can patch that whole Draymond Jones. Maybe he steps up. This defense becomes terrifying, not just like uh, right now with the Broncos are saying, oh, I could see how it could work. I could see how that, they could be upside front three
1: is lacking some oomph. And they need something there has uh, there are some prospects who if you're like new to scouting, I would say watch so and so to understand why this skill is important. Watch Epinesa to understand why hands are important in a defensive lineman. This guy just stuns offensive linemen. And he's so strong in a two-gap defense, so you you don't have the responsibility of one gap, right? You're responsible for two gaps. So you need to be more patient. You need to keep the offensive lineman at bay with those strong hands, and then when you see where the action's coming... Toss him. Toss him. Go. is perfect to do that. And if he could, you know, I mean, he can do it all. Only concern is maybe that first step quickness is an elite, which is fine. He's a five That's technique. Not He's game. not a true defensive end. Right. He isn't
0: going to get, like, a true first step. Like, there's somebody lined right. up right in front of right. him anyway.
1: Who needs a first step when you're, like, stunning offensive linemen exactly. into oblivion? Exactly. So, th- and then Tristan Wirfs, super young, offensive tackle, uh, again, would be very intriguing to see on the Broncos. They've had an injury to their left tackle, so he's been playing some left tackle. He's also been playing some right tackle. All the tools in the world to be an absolute stud and go like in the top five. Watching them against Iowa State arrival and maybe one of the best young coaches in the game in Matt Campbell for the Cyclones is going to be really interesting. Also, Iowa's quarterback, Nate Stanley, A little Steven Montez-esque in that he has all the talent, but hasn't put it all together. I think that's still true of how he's played this season, but a big performance against Iowa State would go a long way. Cyclones, home dogs, two-point underdogs to Iowa. Who you got? You know, I've taken all the road teams so far, which never a good call in betting college football, just FYI.
0: So yeah, I'm gonna take Iowa on the road. <laughs> no, no,
1: you, <laughs> you did. Oh no, you didn't take Oregon. We went all in. No, on the I took res. the Montana Grizzlies over wow, of course the Oregon you know. Ducks. You're the taking The rest Iowa's of them thing. I picked with my head. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> I will take Iowa. I will take them to cover as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're really boxing yourself in, saying Iowa is going to win by one or two points exactly. You yeah. got to take like <laughs> the blowout as well. Might as well be a pick 'em. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, yep. I'm with you. Love that. I'm taking Iowa as well. Really like their talent. For Broncos fans, this is a game you'll want to watch most closely because, yeah, lots of high-end NFL talent. That would look great on the Broncos. All right. Uh, Two left. The next one is
0: Oklahoma at UCLA. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a fun one because Jalen Hurts
1: is playing, and that's fun. Against an actual Power 5 program, even though UCLA has been so They're not visible. an actual Power I mean, 5
0: program. They just got beat bad by San Diego State. Two
1: years later, like Scott Frost comes from that Chip Kelly tree. He's looking like hot trash. Chip Kelly's looking like hot trash. What is going on? I don't know, but all I really do know is that UCLA is not
0: a good football team, and Oklahoma is going to... Yeah, They're they're going to do what they've been doing to all these other teams who they have a talent advantage over. 100%. Jalen Hurts is probably going to keep not turning the ball over. He's going to throw, whatever, five more touchdowns because that's right. just what he does. And, like,
1: three incompletions to keep that ratio up.
0: Yeah. That's what's important, your touchdown to incompletion
1: ratio. Yeah, that's a new stat. That's a new stat. his is positive. Yeah, uh so uh, matchup wise another matchup that's interesting for the Broncos Darnay Holmes cornerback for UCLA one of the top DBs in this class against CD Lamb. Fun, right? That sounds good?
0: It's going to be fun and we CD Lamb's going to go for We both in for orange and blue
1: 150. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, what's the line here? Boop, boop, boop. Honestly, I'm not too interested in
0: the line. I'm just going to take Oklahoma, and they can give UCLA as many points as they want. Oh, my God, I'm loving the
1: confidence here. Yeah, I'm feeling 23 good. Three and a half point favorite, another home dog. I will take Oklahoma as the pick. I will take UCLA on the line, on the spread. This is my two, f- two takes that I am most confident in in
0: college football. Jalen Hurts <laughs> is... One of the three best quarterbacks in college football. UCLA is one of the three worst Power 5 football teams in college football. With Oregon State.
1: Give me... Yeah,
0: Oregon State's down there. In the Pac-12. And then what, like... Nebraska. Vanderbilt. Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I'm I'm taking Oklahoma. They're going to beat them by so many points. It's going to be...
1: To watch because <laughs> good times, I love watching Jalen Hurts. Um, Arizona State at Michigan State, not too many prospects. I'm interested. I mean, you know, Benjamin's there, Michigan State's got some talent, and that's um, one we didn't really include. But I do
0: think that that could low key be a game to watch. I, I still think Michigan State's going to win, but I, I think Arizona State could give them a run. Whoa, 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 Michigan State's a
1: 15 point favorite.
0: People people aren't high on the Jaden Daniels. I mean, Michigan the State Jayden is a Daniels era. Team.
1: <laughs> like Arizona oh, State wow. is. Wow. Eh. Also, that Oklahoma UCLA game. Watch Kenneth Murray, their stud linebacker for Oklahoma, and how he handles the trash Chip Kelly offense. <laughs>
0: there we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. Oh,
1: <laughs> we get to talk CU Air Force. Oh, we really do get to talk. Can CU I pretty Air Force. please?
0: Uh, yeah. Who do, Who do you have in this one? Whew. I'm taking the buffs, but I'm a bit skeptical. I think that that's fair. I I'm mean, worried. what f- the the line moved back to four points this morning. What was it at one point? Uh, I think it peaked at four and a half. I don't think it ever got to five. I think it opened at like one and a half. Whew. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Well, and bef- before we jumped on the show, just because I was checking on this line, I went to Odd Shark and they said that you know four point line. <laughs> Shout out to and, them. And then picked. Air Force to win 34-22, their projected score. I think that, I mean, this is a pretty good football team.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. This is a good football team. I get a sense that Air Force will, after a couple down years, they'll bounce back and have a bounce-back season. So this is a big test. Obviously, we previewed the film room. What really concerns me, and we talked about this when we did the schedule preview way back when, like a couple months ago, this is a big test. It is for the Buffs linebackers. It's a huge test for the Buffs linebackers, cool. and that's a group that neither of us have been
0: We've excited not have not by. been impressed. You know, I, I was kind of comparing N- Nate Landman to mm-hmm. some of the top linebackers in the class. Mm-hmm. You know, can he step up and be that guy mm-hmm. at the next level? Is he your your brains mm-hmm. in the middle of your defense? And he's been good. He's missed a couple tackles, though. He, he's been he hasn't looked
1: great in coverage. Bam, bam, Todd Davis. Mm. Very much like mm. that. He's I think that's fair. Great thumper coming downhill, which in this Air Force game will help him a lot. But when he's had to turn and run, we've been disappointed. We, we have talked been. about. We this. have been. I was more optimistic coming into the season. He's disappointed me so far. He's got to clean that up. Van deest, top local kid coming in, highly touted recruit. I was really excited for him this year. He has really disappointed me. In I think in in the Nebraska game, a lot of the the big plays that Nebraska had, most of them came as a result of him not having the speed and not getting to his spot when he needed to. That said, Davion Taylor really impressed me in the Nebraska game.
0: One hundred percent agree. Davion Taylor was—I I, mean—he was one of the stars of that game. And, and if you weren't paying a lot of attention, you might not have noticed. Yeah. But it seemed like every every time you're like, "Wow, what was that?" It was Davion Taylor. Whether it was they're trying to throw a screen pl- pass and he blows it up. Whether it's him getting into the backfield. Whether it's him making a one-on-one tackle. Like, he was just everywhere mm-hmm. in that Nebraska game. And, I, I mean, I they don't win that game without him playing the way he played. He's one to watch. And I think that it, yeah. as as much as, you know, we're a little bit lower on the inside linebackers. And even some of the outside linebackers. Alex Changham has really stepped up. But Carson Wells, meh. uh. They match up pretty well, I think, against Air Force. Having those two linebackers in the middle who can stop the fullback dive, and then having Davion Taylor, who should be very solid against uh the actual option, the pitch option action. Yeah. Uh you know, it's it's not a bad matchup. You'd hope that uh Nate Landman still has the speed to like get mm-hmm. around and mm-hmm. cover those edges so that John Van Dies can yeah. just lock down the fullback dive. You know, it's not a bad matchup. A couple of guys have disappointed, but Davion Taylor has kind of been a star. Alex Changum as well. Oh
1: my god, Alex Changum was so good. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. Mustafa Johnson had an amazing game. He did. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be key here too. He's playing a strong edge and and yet playing assignment sound, right Yeah. Now.
0: And it might be forgotten, but Mustafa Johnson, I mean, he had two sacks in the fourth quarter in oh, overtime. I don't think it's forgotten. In yeah. in overtime, he had the sack that knocked back the uh kicker outside of his range and then he missed the field goal and Nebraska lost. Like, Mustafa Johnson was the catalyst in everything that happened defensively for the Buffs in that fourth quarter in overtime. Was all Mustafa and Chang'em. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and uh Davion Taylor to me was the guy who kept him in it for that
1: long. 100%. Those are the guys that I'm crediting. 100%. At least. Uh Final pick. I'm just throwing these out. you. USC at BYU. Only a four-point favorite. I'll take USC. I'll take USC and the points. And the points. Okay. I'm going to call the upside. This is my home dog. I think you'll see you're flying high, young team. You overlook BYU, go into Provo, Utah. This is where you lose. And that really
0: does scare me. And I think if I was approaching this more sensibly, I might say the same thing because that's what happens to these young teams. Mm Mm-hmm. But they just looked so good that I can't not pick them, even though there's so many signs that would say that the team we saw last week won't be the team that we see this week. Yeah,
1: Syracuse is another home dog that uh, 27 and a half point underdog to Clemson. That'll be a fun one to watch. Clemson covers. Whoa, hot take. Okay, I like. They've they've looked. Yeah. Not a Dino Babers believer. Nope. One of the great names in all of Uh, sports. (laughs) Okay. Questions, real quick, yeah, yeah. We forgot we got. to read them last week, and uh, we're gonna get them all done real quick. Broncos girl 723 says, ali is on point. This is from our conversation in the yes. week one preview. Yes, Hella is very much in Northern California, saying, Born and raised in Mount Shasta, California, an hour south of the Oregon border, and we said that all the time. Haven't been there in almost 20 years but i can at least attest to it being said into the early 2000s. so it's still not clear if that's what the kids say but uh, it's definitely a california that's definitely thing. A california it's california thing. So hella california. i still don't know if i can keep using hella or not, but i'm yeah. hella intrigued. there you ah, go. oh yeah. <laughs> um this one's f- meant for the broncos, so we won't get into it. kentucky udfa. Since we will be in need of a returner-receiver next year, keep an eye on UK wide receiver Lynn Bowden. God, I love when you guys give us insights from your yep. own alma maters and stuff. He's electric. Took two out of eight punts to the house last year and always a threat to take it to the house when thrown to. He's listed as both punt and kick returner this year. And with more opportunities, hopefully that means more touchdowns. Kuyper puts him just outside of his top 25 this year, so he could be someone to target in the second or late first. Would love to hear what you see about him. I will keep an eye out because there's been so many wide receivers. Believe it or not, he slipped my eye. Um, So, yeah, those are the two questions. Keep them coming in the draft feeds. Hit us up wherever you can find us. Speaking of returners, Jalen Adams, you guys have for sure seen this clip of the Southern Miss return. So fast. Like the fastest dude so on fast. earth. Um, so, yeah, he's amazing. That was fun to see. One of the best things I've seen on Twitter all week. I agree. Aside from maybe your film room. So Ah, uh, thank yeah. you. Um, I think that's it, buddy. I think that that's it. I think, I mean...
0: We've been talking for a while.
1: We talked about a lot of prospects the Broncos should keep an eye on. So
0: we've talked about why Oregon is going to fall to the Montana Grizzlies. (laughs) Which you know, when that happens, I'm gonna feel so good about it. I'm gonna come back and rub it in everybody's face.
1: You're gonna rush Folsom on your own to celebrate that win.
0: That's right. I think will they be playing at the same they might be playing at the same time. When they win, I might I might charge the field at Folsom mid game. Do it, man.
1: Oh, we didn't watch you your appearance on TV. Oh, we did that after the pod.
0: We'll do that. We'll do that after. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thanks for riding with us, as always. We'll be back for another BSN Draft Pod next week after we see what happens in all these games, and then we'll preview uh, what's going on as we get into some conference play. Booyah. Booyah.